Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week I will be reviewing 1991's Boys in the Hood. Okay, guys, back. Boys in the Hood, 1991. Let's talk about how I saw this movie. I saw this movie on VHS when I was six years old. I want to say it was at my grandmother's house. And I remember watching this movie when I was like a kid. I want to say I was was like about five or six years old. I want to say I was six. I want to say I was six. But, um... Yeah, but like I remember seeing this movie for the first time, and like it's like the first time I ever heard the word "ho." <laughs> I've never heard that word before at six. Uh, this movie was like the first time I heard a lot of very misogynistic words, because like this bitch "ho," think "hoochie," you know, like there's a lot of very misogynistic words in this movie, you know. And I want to say my uncle, I want to say my uncle showed it to me because my dad would never, my mom and dad would never let me watch a movie like this, you know, (laughs) Uh, unsupervised, you know, like they would never let me watch something like this. Like, especially my dad, like my dad, like funny story, my dad uh, walked in on me, watched, uh, looking, I want to say, how old was I? I want to say maybe I was 10 years old. I want to say I was 10. And he walked in on me reading a Victoria's Secret catalog. This is a funny story because I actually told him about I actually told him about it uh, a couple weeks ago or something like that. We were talking about this actually a couple weeks ago or something. I was talking about this with my dad. But he walked in on me uh, reading a Victoria's Secret catalog, right? And he walked up to me and he asked, he just asked me, like, what you doing, son? And I was like, oh, nothing, looking at hoes. And I turned around, I was like, oh, shit, that's my ass, <laughs> right? So he told me to get up. He was like, get up. And he took me in the bathroom and he washed my mouth out with soap, like literal soap. He washed my mouth out with fucking soap. And then he told me, You will never disrespect a woman or use misogynistic words in this house ever again. And I never did that. I kind of want to thank my dad for my respect for women, you know. So, you know, you know, fathers are important. This is why fathers are important. But uh, I'm very respectful to women now. But uh, anyway, I digress. But like like I said, my, my dad, my dad. Even my mom, like, would never let me watch a movie like this unfucking supervised, you know, <laughs> with all these words in it, because they wouldn't want me repeating that shit. But um, anyway, moving on. Uh, this movie was uh, written and directed by John Singleton. Uh, very, very, very young director. Uh, I think he, he directed this movie, I want to say at 22. I think they said he was 22 years old. And he got nominated for an Academy Award for this. He's like the youngest. I think he's like the youngest director to get nominated for an Academy Award. I want to say. 
he was like he was like in his early 20s when he did this movie which is like mind-boggling to me i was like that's crazy he's like a fucking he's like a fucking prodigy really like for for somebody to direct to direct a movie that fucking young at 22 years old that's amazing uh but but yeah originally uh he was inspired by uh the movie stand by me because he wanted to he wanted to make a uh coming of age story in the hood that's what he that's what this movie was originally supposed to be it was originally supposed to be a coming of age story in the hood uh like stand by me that's why there's like certain tropes in the movie that are kind of like stand by me because in stand by me it's about four boys that go and on a journey to go find a dead body at the beginning they show you a dead body was it at the beginning they put when they're children like they're going they're going to see a dead body but um yeah that's that's what that's what he was inspired by he was inspired by staying by me to make boys in the hood actually but um that and i think uh do the right thing those were the two movies that inspired him to make this movie but uh his casting technique was unique i don't think i i don't think i've ever seen this before uh he cast ice cube after meeting him on the set of the arsenio hall show that's how ice cube got the role of doughboy uh he cast Lawrence fishburne as furious styles after meeting him on the set of peewee's playhouse <laughs> and cuba Gooding jr and morris chestnut got their roles because they just showed up to the audition that that's how they got their roles because they just showed up to the audition I was like, <laughs> it was just like, hey, you showed up, you got the part. That was it. That's how that's how those guys got their roles. But uh, usually I talk about like characters and things, but talking about characters in this movie like wouldn't do the movie justice because this movie it's really about the uh, it's not about character work it's about like the makeup of the movie it's about the behavior and the environment that these characters are in because like even though this movie is set in LA you get a very claustrophobic feeling like you're trapped in a fishbowl you know because you're like this is trapped in like this little neighborhood and they're dealing with gangs and drugs and the cops harassing them and things like that. You know, it's like a, that's why there's like a scene in here. There's a scene in here where uh, Cuba Gooden Jr., I think it's like after like there's like a shootout uh, uh, in the middle of the movie. It's like a shootout. And uh, Cuban Jr. is just pissed. He's like, I gotta get the fuck out of L.A., man. He's like, I gotta get the fuck out of L.A., you know? <laughs> and then after that, they get stopped by the cops. He, he, uh, Cuban Jr. and Morris Chestnut's character, Ricky, get stopped by the cops and the fucking cops harassing him. Funny thing about that. <laughs> Funny thing about that. I love that they showed that it was a black cop that was racist towards his own people. Which... It happens. It fucking happens. But um Yeah, man, but like that's that's a thing. Uh, that's why 
Cuba Good Jr.'s rage towards the middle of this film. He's talking about like getting the fuck out of LA and then he gets stopped by the cops and gets a gun pulled on him. And then like, he goes and then like he just starts raging. That's why that shit is so, so profound because like that was his breaking point. That was his fucking breaking point. He was like, I'm done with this fucking city. You know, there's gangs everywhere, there's drugs everywhere, the cops don't, don't want to leave me the fuck alone because of the color of my skin. You know, like, all that shit, you know, like, because there's a lot of things going on in this goddamn movie, man, because he's like, even like a character like Doughboy, Doughboy, Doughboy is just straight hood apathy, you know, <laughs> you know like, that's all he is, he's just straight hood apathy, you're like, he don't know what to do with his life, he like, he just like, he just gave up, he just like, I don't know what to do with my life, I'm just gonna stay here, I guess, you know, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much Doughboy. That's pretty much Doughboy. He, like he's just straight hood apathy. He, like he, he he's not doing it. He's not going anywhere fast. You know, he's going nowhere fast, and like he just he just accepts it. Uh, most interesting dynamic in this movie to me is a lot of people might say it's the relationship between Trey uh, Cuba Gooden Jr.'s character and uh, Furious Styles, Lawrence Fishburne's character. Which like they're like the, their father and son dynamic. They might say that's the most interesting thing, but the most interesting relationship to me in here is the relationship between Ricky, his mother, and Doughboy. That is the most interesting fucking relationship because I don't think because I think all black people, I think all black people understand that relationship. I think a lot. If you're white, you won't get it. I think if you're a white person, you won't get it because uh, Ricky has a talent. Ricky is a great football player and his mother treats him better than she treats Doughboy because Doughboy really doesn't have any talent, you know, and they have different, they have different fathers. So she kind of takes out. She kind of takes out her aggression on Doughboy because of what his father did to her. But Ricky's dad is not there either. But the the, the, the caveat to that is that Ricky has talent. So she's kind of using him as a fucking lottery ticket to get out of the hood. You know, he's he's her he's her meal ticket. That's all Ricky is to her. He's not a, she's not a son. He's her meal ticket. And she's just spoiling because there's a lot of mothers that there's a lot of black mothers that do that. There are a lot of black mothers that just uh, treat their sons who who got fucking talent like a goddamn meal ticket. And if he ain't, and if he ain't work, if he doesn't have a talent, he's just out to the wolves. You know, like he's dead. He's he's gonna fend for himself. You know, and you wonder why he 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 hasn't amounted to shit. But you know, so there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that going on. And like, so that's why that shit is just that that relationship is just so interesting to me because like I, like I said all black people get it like you, you, you get it straight away because you've seen it before you've seen it or you were involved in it <laughs> one of the two but uh Lawrence Fishburne as Furious Styles greatest character ever I think he should have got nominated for this I know he got nominated like what three years later for like Ike Turner <laughs> but uh, he should have got nominated for this I think 
This is one of his uh, best fucking roles. Uh, it's not, I think a lot of people would think it's not much. It's just subtlety, you know? Like, he's very, he's very subtle with this role. Very quiet, you know? Like, a lot of, like, subtle... Black people don't get nominated for a lot of subtle roles, you know? Like, it's just over-the-top ass fucking roles. We get nominated for, like, over-the-top ass fucking roles. And, like... Like, we really don't get nominated for, like, really just, like, quiet, subtle roles. And I think he should have got nominated for this. But robbery, I tell you. Robbery. But uh, Also, this movie came out. This movie came out in, like, a weird time. Because looking at this movie, I was like, damn. Just looking at the movie, I was just like, damn, you had to be there. You know? Because <laughs> this movie came out a weird time for black people. Because, like, it, it's like, this movie is, like, post-Reagan. Pre-Rodney King riots and pre-Clinton, you know, and like this movie just like encompasses all of that, you know, just encompasses all of that and it's executed perfectly in this movie. Like all the rage of the gang, gang life going on in LA, like, like it's like everything is about to boil over post-Rodney King, like not post-Rodney King, post-Ronald Reagan with crack and shit. You know, like, everything is just, like, it's like a, a bubbling pot about to burst. You know, like, it's just about to, like, it's about to overflow and it's about to blow its top. It's about to come up. You know, and this, I like, this movie really encompasses all of that. And it ex- and John Singleton executed all of that perfectly in this movie, I think. Uh, this movie spawned a lot of copycats also, you know. You know, you got your minister societies and your juices and all this stuff but you know i love juice juice is one of my favorite movies but um this is still the best one i can't really there's not much i can say about it gave a lot of people gave a lot of people their first uh their first big breaks cuba Gooden jr morris chestnut ice cube you got regina king this is regina king's first movie this is angela bassett's like first big role you know so gave a lot of people we gave a lot of people their first breaks Nia Long you know she's in here this is like her first role gave a lot of people their first roles but like this is still one of the the, the best quote-unquote hood movies of all time to me I give it a five out of five join me next week when I'm gonna be reviewing 1996's The Nutty Professor peace everybody